What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Fat Pratt Chat. We are getting close to episode 100. We are now in the 80s. So thank you all for those of you that listen. And hopefully this has been entertaining and educational for all of you. If you guys do like this, please share it with somebody that you think this information would be helpful with. Essentially, we have created this podcast to be as helpful as humanly possible to our members. So hopefully you guys know somebody that this could also be helpful for and let them know, just turn them on to this podcast. And hopefully there are some episodes that might be helpful in their own little fitness journey, whether they go to the gym on their own or they're trying to get started, or even if they train somewhere else, whether it be large group, smaller group or one-on-ones. So today I want to talk about a question that I received recently that was, how do you start walking more when you hate walking? And personally, I can't resonate because I really enjoy walking, but I will say a few years ago, I probably did not. I was not a huge walking person. If I'm going to exercise, I want to do something that's somewhat challenging. And I can't imagine investing as much time into walking to get the necessary steps to provide some sort of fitness stimulus for myself. Essentially, I was wrong. After doing it for a while, I absolutely love walking. I thoroughly enjoy it. And it's probably one of the, it's probably the number one addition to my life in the last couple of years, in the last two years or so, that has made the biggest difference in not only my fitness, not only fat loss, but potentially my effectiveness from a self-education perspective and even work efficiency. So I'll get into some of that as we talk about this topic, but I guess the first question here would be how much walking should you even do? Because there's a few different recommendations. I think everybody loves to just say there's a certain amount of steps and you should do those. And I think that's fair. The standard recommendation seems to be get 10,000 steps per day. And I believe that is good for most people if you're currently averaging less than 10,000 steps per day, averaging less than 10,000 steps per day. Based on some loose math here, I would imagine that about 98% of the population averages fewer than 10,000 steps per day. And I'm pulling that number from Google a little bit when they had a, they mentioned a 660 person study that the testers of the study, they encouraged all of the participants to actually get 10,000 steps per day for a year. And these people knowing they're part of a study and knowing that they are being encouraged to do only 8% of the time actually succeeded in accomplishing 10,000 steps per day. So I would imagine that with the majority of the world not being encouraged by a study, they would potentially be much less than 98%, or I'm sorry, 92%. So I'm going to guess that about 98, 98% of people do not average more than 10,000 steps per day. And apparently the average American walks about 5,000 steps per day. So not horrible. If any of you looking this up on Google, get more thorough numbers than that, please send them my way. I find this super interesting. From that perspective, it's, it's probably... Also not a great recommendation of 10,000 if you're already doing more than that. So let's say if you're usually doing more than 10,000, even if you're not tracking rigorously, let's say a generic 15,000 steps per might make plenty of sense for you too. In terms of just a generic quick recommendation of something to try to strive towards. And now let's talk about the individual recommendations of walking, because I think this is probably a little bit more accurate of what you could do that is more sustainable and not as psychologically overwhelming. And I want to point out psychological overwhelm is what we're trying to overcome here with anything. Don't think walking is 
physically overwhelming for the majority of people, but it might be psychologically overwhelming, especially from a time investment perspective. This would require a little bit of of work up front, which sometimes isn't a term from doing the work. The thought of having to know exactly what your average is now and 20% above that number would be your new daily recommendation of steps. The thought of going through that process might be overwhelming to a lot of people. This is why I love the 10,000 step rule so much because all you have to do is say, hey, take 10,000 steps per day and the conversation's over. There is no, what do you currently do? Oh, I think I do this. I might do that. And let me look it up. Let me average it out. Let me look through my phone, but I don't always have my phone on me. There's just a couple little hurdles that you have to get over that sometimes act as a deterrent to figuring out exactly how many steps that you should be taking on a daily basis. If you wanted to do this, essentially find out what your average is over the last month or two, add 20% to that, and try to make that your new average. So a very simple way of saying, if I'm currently only doing, let's say 5,000 steps per day, then the thought of doubling your steps sounds a little overwhelming to you, then maybe you just say, let's add 20% to that 5,000, which would then take you to 6,000 steps per day. And that's where you would then try to average for the following month. A rule I like to use is the average to the minimal. So what I will do frequently, especially if I feel like I'm slacking off a little bit on the steps, is that I will take the average steps that I had last month and I will make that my minimum for this month. I'm actually doing that this month. I'm 20 for 21 so far on days in September. But ultimately in August, I was at 15,700. So I set up on my habit tracker to track and give myself either a green or red box every day to get 16,000 steps per day. I, not to make excuses, but there was one day where I drove home from Philadelphia after a great business retreat with the team. And it was raining for the majority of the day. I still thought I was going to get them in. I ended up at 9,000 and it was tough to sleep that night because of it. I've recovered back on the bandwagon and we are four, four days since that happened and we are all greens and good to go. And that is my personal favorite, but a few different things that you could do there to try to figure out exactly how many steps you should get per day and pretty much just set a goal, which is the most important part of this. Now, if you want to walk more, but you currently dislike it or find because you find it boring or time consuming, which I think more closely relates to what the question is here. Here are a few things that I would try because I definitely had the same perspective. I'm like, this is going to be so time consuming. Before I decided to prioritize walking, I was taking seven, 8,000 steps per day. I was like, if I'm going to actually try to walk and get 10,000, how much more time is that going to be? And so I had the same exact perspective, but here are a few things that have been difference makers for me or things that might be a difference maker for you in regards to make you more compliant with your new walking protocol. Number one is always listen to a podcast or audiobook. The thought of educating myself and being entertained while moving the health and fitness needle for myself definitely helped me justify the time investment. So if I'm gonna just go outside and walk, I don't know if I find this stimulating, but if I'm listening to a really good audiobook or a really good podcast, the time seems to just fly by. So I definitely love having some sort of podcast or audiobook to listen to. Now, number two is the complete opposite. For some of you, you may like this, which is to listen to absolutely nothing and just, it has some sort of meditative value, I'm sure. But for me personally, when I decide not to listen to anything, I could get a decent amount of work done while walking. I can create notes for the meetings that I have coming up the next few days. 
I could voice message myself content ideas and just think about content ideas for this podcast or for Instagram. Think about questions I've received from you guys recently that I could put on the podcast and create a podcast topic. And also self-advice. This might sound weird to some of you, but I'll occasionally try to imagine that I'm someone else, that, that me personally, I am a different person and I'm seeking advice and I myself have to give myself advice as if I know nothing about my emotional fate that surrounds certain issues that I'm currently dealing with. And this has been incredibly helpful because this allows me to say, oh, what about this and this? Because I'm going to be speaking from my feelings that may be presenting too strong of a role in the decision-making process. But when I actually pretend to be someone else that is giving myself advice, what, would I, what advice would I give to myself if I wasn't myself? Then it's been an interesting little thought drill that I've been uh, trying to play out recently to in dealing with the business now, in dealing with bigger issues, at least issues on a larger scale, not necessarily more issues from a quantitative standpoint, but trying to make really good decisions about issues. Pretending I am not me is seems to be one of the more helpful drills. Also, it's a little bit annoying to have to type into your phone and a little bit inconvenient. But when, by the time I finish, I always find it worthwhile. If I really don't feel like typing, I'll just voice message myself and just speak into my phone, which people might think you're crazy. People might think you're a little odd for doing so. But again, probably worth the drawbacks. Number three would be to make it family time. So bring the squad with you. I'm sure this will make the walk a little bit less relaxing overall. But if you have a family of three to five in total, getting everyone out of the house for a little bit might give them a good, a good opportunity for some quality time. For the whole family where you guys can have essentially the family dinner conversation but outdoors while you're doing something active and if there are fewer distractions this might make the conversation a little bit better especially if cell phones are disallowed but there's i have a few neighbors around here i see them with two kids uh husband wife and even a dog and they're you know doing their laps around here probably walking slower than they would be if they were by themselves not able to necessarily think to the degree that they would without the presence of their family. And obviously they're not able to listen to a podcast or audiobook, but it gets everyone out the door, gets everyone exercising, doing something healthy, potentially spending some high quality family time. Another good strategy is to call up a friend to be your accountability walking partner. And as we get older, it seems to be a little bit more challenging to have high quality friendships. Uh, I'm definitely speaking from experience, but we have some members who have mentioned that they go to walks, a park, they meet up with a friend, that not only to get some steps in, but they have a great conversation, which makes uh, the walking time seem to fly by. And it definitely beats sitting on the couch with having a cell phone up to your ear. So if you are someone that likes to interact with certain friends, you have some friends that you love talking to all the time, maybe transitioning the conversations from on the couch, being on the cell phone and meeting up at a park to go for a walk that may be a little bit more of a beneficial use of your time with the fitness and health incorporation to the conversation. So I think if this is done right, you would completely disallow the phone conversations and text messages with that friend. So instead of always being on the phone or always text messaging each other, say, you know what? If we have something to talk about, let's write it down in our notes. And then when we go for our walks, we'll have some topics of conversation and we'll have those conversations face-to-face It'll make the walks even better because we'll have all these great topics to discuss and 30 to 60 minutes will fly by at the snap of a finger. 
And if you, let, let's say if you, let's say if you like have a really good friend that doesn't want to walk as far, like maybe that's just something you take into consideration, especially if they're a neighbor, but maybe the opportunity to go on shorter walks would be a, a, a good thing for you guys. Because I, I mentioned that because I think a lot of times we intend to go on a short walk, but once we get started and we have a good conversation, we end up going for way longer than we ever assumed. That takes me into my next one, which is to take shorter walks. So if the thought of getting dressed, putting your walking shoes on, leaving the house, and you have to force yourself to go on this huge journey around your neighborhood, you ever walk around the neighborhood and you're worried that it's like someone thinks you're stalking them? Like as you're taking your laps, you're like, if anyone's looking outside their house and they're watching me go around this same circle or area of the neighborhood, are they gonna think I'm like trying to rob their house? I personally had that thought. Specifically on my birthday, I, I left the house at 4.20 in the morning because I wanted to get 35,000 steps on my 35th birthday. So I was walking around the neighborhood at 4.30 in the morning and everybody who was awake and taking their garbage out probably thought I was looking to rob their car or something. But if you don't like the thought of going on this overwhelming journey, then just go leave the house right now. Don't worry about your shoes. Don't worry about your outfit. You don't necessarily need a special set of shoes to go for a 10 minute walk. You don't need the Hannes Lululemon leggings to get out of the house. You just walk out the door with whatever it is you have on. Even if you have flip flops, you walk five minutes away from the house. You walk five minutes back towards the house. And there you go. Another 10 minutes of walking, which will end up being anywhere between, I guess, a thousand steps, probably 10 minute time frame. Let's say if you're someone who really likes to watch football, halftime walks, Halftime is 15 minutes. You go for a 15 minute walk at halftime. If you watch the Red Zone channel, that changes things because every game is ongoing. So there's always a game going on, even if there are other games at halftime. So you have to choose your favorite game. And whatever your favorite game is, when that hits halftime, then you go on your 15 minute walk. A Netflix strategy, if you, if you love Netflix, go on a 15 minute walk before the movie and a 15 minute after. 15 before, 15 after, 30 minutes of walking. If you're a Netflix series show person and you really love a certain Netflix show, then I would anchor the walk to that habit. And every time in, there's a break in the episode, you go for a 10 minute walk. Even if it's late at night at 10 p.m., I want to be in comfortable clothes while I watch my show. Perfect. No big deal. All you have to do is watch the show. Then you get up, you go for a quick 10 minute walk, and you turn on the next episode. If you're a weekend warrior, so getting into number six here, if you're a weekend warrior and you have more downtime on the weekends to potentially get in more steps, that might be a great time to do it. So we all seem to eat worse on the weekends than we do on the weekdays. So spending an hour or two away from the kitchen and away from the house might be tremendously beneficial for you to not only not be around the tempting foods and drinks that are at your house, but now you're out and about walking around, burning some extra calories, and doing something active over the course of the weekend instead of uh, being sedentary. So something to think about there in regards to the weekend, if you have a couple extra hours of free time on Saturday where you're really not doing much besides relaxing, maybe exchange that for going for going on a hike. And you could even attach that thought with bringing the family or friend along with you for these weekend trips to do something active. And then lastly, just choose something else. If you're someone who really dislikes walking, and after these six that we just talked about, you're like, you know what? None of those are going to work for me. I just absolutely hate walking. So no problem. Choose something else. 
if you like biking or a bike ride outdoors, or even if you have a Peloton indoors, or even if you have an elliptical at the house, just hop on one of those. Minute for minute is probably going to be challenging because you know, to accumulate X amount of steps, you'll probably have to spend uh, an hour to 90 minutes or so on intentional cardiovascular time, if you want to call that. But remember that the goal of the walking isn't necessarily to produce this insane cardiovascular workout where you're dripping sweat and breathing heavy. It's just simply to replace doing nothing with doing something. And it's not supposed to be incredibly overwhelming, both physically and psychologically. It should be something that you like to do that we can attach to other things to make it a multiple of effectiveness in both personal development, education, and walking, fitness, health, all of these things simultaneously. That compounding effect of all those things could have a tremendous upside to your life. So it doesn't have to be something crazy. You don't have to hop on the Peloton and do the toughest extreme biker workout for the day. You don't necessarily have to get on the elliptical and uphold your RPM standard that you do when you do a challenging workout. You just move, just pedal, slow pace, hop on the elliptical, move into that cyclical motion at a slow pace, and then you're good to go. But same type of principle applies. Maybe just 10 minutes at a time, nice and easy, can make all the difference in the world for you, especially if you really dislike walking. And that's all we have for today's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Again, if you think this is something that would be helpful for somebody, either share it on social media, please, or just send it to them and have them listen to it. And if you guys have any questions on anything that we talked about today, feel free to send me a message. Most of you members have my cell phone number. If not, send me a DM on Instagram. All right, peace.